but surely one of its kind, and he'd gotten accustomed to people sometimes taking a double look. He had learned to counter this seemingly endless barrage of negativity with a tough guy, good-humored bravado, which he had learned as a necessity to survive when growing up on the streets of Washington Heights, New York City. But that day in Stockbridge, he was working as an intern for a theater troupe and was thrilled, pumped up to be finally hanging around with real working actors. He had just finished his first year in college studying drama and had the luck of getting an internship as an assistant stage manager, or PA, which was really a glorified coffee getter in the hierarchy of theater. But it was still an opportunity this kid was just ecstatic to have. He spent the previous weeks with the troopers that rehearsed toward bringing a play, a Leonard Melfi experimental piece titled The Jones Man, to the stage. He had been aboard since early June as the play was rehearsed in East Village off-off-Broadway playhouses and then went to the Provincetown Theatre Festival on Cape Cod. And now he was on the second leg of his magical summer, having moved to the Berkshire Theatre Festival to assist in still another out-of-town tryout of a brand-new American play, this one starring Ed Cetrakian and Richard Lynch, two up-and-coming and highly regarded downtown New York actors. It all changed and came to a halt when these two people came toward him. It took a second of focusing to recognize his girlfriend, Linda, and cousin Kenny. He immediately got a warm smile at such a surprise, but within less than a second, a sense of dread filled him with the speed of those internal light switches we have that change our emotion reactions from lights on to lights out like the snap of a finger. It was the simple fact of those two people who were so dear to him just being together that didn't compute. They had never been in each other's company in their lives. It was this incongruity that made him know that something cataclysmic had happened. He could see this incredible sadness and dread on his girlfriend's face. Her usual beautiful big brown eyes were red and puffy, as if she had just forced herself to stop crying. They seemed so afraid of the news they had to give and what it might engender, that he already almost knew what it was and was about to learn. Linda looked so sad, and even though his first reaction was, holy shit, here's my girl, and a surprise that brought a big smile to his face, his stomach knotted up a moment later, as her usual warmth was oddly not reciprocated. That was the giveaway. Then he looked at his cousin's face, one that had mastered the street look of neutrality, and he too seemed uncharacteristically forlorn. To an observer, it might have appeared like some heartbreaking romantic turn was about to tear apart the young man. Maybe his girlfriend and cousin were here to personally reveal their affair. But in reality, on that day, that type of idea never crossed his mind. Nor could he imagine either to be disloyal. Instinctively, he knew it was something else. A betrayal of a much grander kind. He turned to Kenny because his girl was in too much pain to mouth the words, to intone the news he was about to get. It's bad, isn't it? Kenny took a deep breath, and the young man waited for a response that seemed like a million years in coming, until his cousin finally spoke. Yeah, it's your dad. He died. It was impossible, he first thought. His pop was only forty-nine years old, and it seemed healthier than an ox the last time the kids saw him, only a few weeks earlier. He was the rock, the inspiration, the steadfast example of fortitude. What would happen to his family now? Himself, his older brother with his special needs, and his mother, 
who by temperament was not built to handle even the smallest changes and challenges. And now this. That kid was me, of course, or how I remember myself now at age 63, looking back on that day. I didn't have my shit together at that age, not by any means, although I took the news stoically, or at least I appeared to. I knew I needed to get home, take charge. I told my girlfriend and cousin to stand by and give me a half an hour to gather my things and tell the bosses in the company that I needed to leave and that I was unlikely to return to finish the summer internship. Death is a thief, the grandest perpetrator of larceny of all. It robs the potential of all the things left undone and reimburses the living with bits of memories that, with each day, pass through the fingers like a handful of sand. It would take more than two hours to drive back home to find out exactly how my father died, which would be the most moving...